Now, for the show that brings combat sports stories to life from the great state of Ohio, this is Forged in Ohio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 28 of Forged in Ohio. My name is Jake Murren, the host of the podcast. By now, many of you likely know what Forged in Ohio is all about. In Miles Robinson's own words, it's the best MMA podcast in the state of Ohio, and it is very hard to disagree with Miles Robinson. I welcome any combat sports athlete onto the show week in and week out. We've checked mixed martial artists and professional wrestlers off the list. And now I'm thankful to be joined by a competitor in Dana White's Power Slap League. He wasn't just any competitor, though. This man is the inaugural Power Slap middleweight champion. Without further ado, let's bring him in. Let's bring in John the Machine Davis. Thanks for coming on the show, John, and welcome to Forge in Ohio. Thank you very much for having me on. It's uh, an honor and a privilege to speak with you. Yeah, man, it's a pleasure for me to get you on the podcast and kind of feature power slap fighting. It's a sport that I'm kind of unfamiliar with myself, so this is definitely going to be a fascinating chat to have with you. I want to start by talking about how you started in slap fighting and just some general questions about the sport. I believe you're a former Marine that has experience in Muay Thai and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, so how did slap fighting work itself into your life? Yeah, yeah, they definitely, at least, you know, they'll use a lot of that stuff for storyline. Um, you know, I, unfortunately, my Marine Corps career was short and short-lived. I got hurt real fast. But uh, I do train Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu at Next Level Alliance, uh, along with Rel Hodge, who you've had on the show. He's one of my coaches and a good friend of mine, along with Edward being in the Bean family at Next Level Alliance. But uh, how, it, how it tied in, in all reality, you know, I started training to just kind of get back in shape and kind of, you know, get healthy again and luckily just looking through uh local local mma promotions for amateur fights uh, this ad i stumbled across wound up being for for power slap so within a year's time it went from a simple ad in a facebook group and me training a little bit to the next thing you know i'm the middleweight champ of power slap after a lot of hard work so it's definitely been a uh, a wild ride to say the least that's so interesting. So if you didn't see that Facebook ad back in the day, do you think you would be an amateur mixed martial artist right now? Probably, yeah. I'd say I would have at least attempted it, but you know where where it would have went, who knows? You know, I definitely can't. I don't think too much about the the what ifs of what could have been. I'm more so happy with the what ifs of what I got into it. But I definitely definitely am not opposed to any, you know, competing in any sort of other mixed martial arts as well. So you see that Facebook ad, did it immediately appeal to you or did you have some further questions about, hey, what exactly am I getting myself into with slap fighting? Oh, no, I definitely had some questions. Obviously, it, it was a real big hit on social media everywhere with the, the ones from other countries and the more the more backyard kind of stuff that people were doing. And it was pushing big numbers like like Dana said, and that was why he caught interest in it and wound up starting this whole thing. So again you know just a wild experience in general for for everything that it's turned out to be from it being like you said a simple post into the the magnitude that it's reached what was the reaction of your friends and family when you told them that you wanted to participate in slap fighting for the people you know friends and family who've been close for a long time they instantly were like oh yeah that's something right up your alley you know definitely okay. 
no questions asked on that part. Newer, newer friends or coworkers definitely had some questions, but as time has gone on, really don't have anybody to say anything, you know, too negative about it. Most people say they'd never do that, and of course, we know why. Why would they? So I don't, I don't blame them for that at all. <laughs> yeah, in your interactions with people online, with fans, or even people in person, are people more positive about the sport than negative? Social media, unfortunately, gives people a good chance to be negative for no reason. And a lot of times that just seems to build up, you know, I don't really pay too much attention to it. I prefer to answer them with something nice anymore because in all reality, I have changed a few minds and maybe maybe turn someone who, you know, had something not so nice to say into uh, a respectful follower. So that's that's been a process to learn with. But you know, especially, like I said, in the short year's time, controversy is the name of our game, so that's definitely always going to be there. But I feel like how fast it's grown and how many people are actually even, you know, you, you see in the comments or, or now on social media with podcasts or interviews saying how, you know, people need to really back off about it because there's, there's a whole lot more to us as the competitors and the whole the whole competition itself and what they're giving us credit for. So what do you say to people that question the sport? And I guess it's safety. That's kind of what most of the criticism I feel like comes about with slap fighting. What do you say to those haters that transitions them into loyal followers? For the most part, I know if you're on social media and you have something negative to say for no reason, you might just be having a bad day. So I'll just usually tell them that I hope they have a wonderful day. And I appreciate their comment and their view because that's just another number for my stats because that's all the social media stuff is really when it comes down to how it's going to work into my benefit. It's just one more stat. You're another view, another another click, another comment that's going to help me out in the long run. But luckily, I have had a handful of them that I can recall where someone – just because I was respectful back to whatever they had to say, it was like, you know, you're, you're a real one. I'll give you all the credit where it's due. And then, you know, they wish me, wish me the best in what I'm doing. Even if they don't understand it, get it, or really even want to watch it, they kind of respect my character of the, of the person I am. And that's all I can really ask for. Right. When it comes to the safety of power slap and slap fighting in general, have you ever been concerned about your personal health in slap fighting or was it something that you just jumped right into since you discovered it? I was never really too worried about my personal health, especially because they did. I mean, there was testing from the beginning that everybody got done medical wise that even at the very beginning when, you know, I'm sure the, the edges were still rough. There was no fine-tuning on what exactly everyone was doing yet. There was medical tests that we had done that if not um, signing up for this, I probably would have never gotten done. And I've had whatever amount of clearances now and multiple tests done a year just to be able to compete in this. So safety that they're taking the precautions to make sure you're okay beforehand is through the roof and then of course during competition i mean you couldn't ask for better staff to be checking on you whether you've taken one strike or or five for a championship fight they're really really tentative and then also i can say this at least in my personal situation as soon as you get home usually you hear from somebody you know within the first day and then within a week or so about making sure you're all right and if you have any issues you know who you're supposed to call and who you're supposed to turn the claim into to make sure everything's taken care of for you 
Well, that's certainly great to hear, and I'm sure a lot of people that may be listening to this that aren't fully on board behind the sport of slap fighting hear that, and they might become one of those loyal followers that you've built over your career. Just another question based on like the safety of slap fighting, being a striker like yourself, are there ways or methods that you and other strikers in the sport use to help embrace those hard shots that you're taking every single round? I definitely say that's, that's uh, again, a controversial topic that a lot of people have because some say they do, some say they don't. Me, personally, I feel like if you are able to time it to the best of your ability to roll with that shot as much as possible and still take it legally, then that's what you should do because you're. I feel like there's a chance to make a really hard slap not look as hard as it actually is and you able to survive it compared to... I've seen a lot of people, they brace a lot harder, and I feel like that gets them jarred easier, and they get dropped or wobbled. So, But again, that's, that's to each his own on that one for the most part. Interesting. And you mentioned earlier about training for power slap, because when some people think of slap fighting, they think it's as simple as slapping someone in the face, but I know that it's much, much more complex than that. How does someone train to compete in a sport like slap fighting? everybody's a little bit different and me personally i know i go to an i go to an extreme in a lot of things but what people would really need to focus on is the rule set is 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 applying the tactics that you need to keep your feet planted the way they're supposed to be because you're you know you have a little leeway with your heels moving up in the rule set as of as of now from the last meeting we had because just because of momentum you, you're throwing so hard and trying to keep your feet planted that sometimes those little heel lifts that are, you know, supposed to be a, a micro lift of what the, a full heel lift would be that gives you extra power. They're watching for that. Also, your accuracy, because if you land where you're not supposed to and get called for that, and that's a point down, and in our game, one point down in a round, like, you can't come back from that. There's no, there's no two more minutes out of a five-minute round to come back from that. You're down that point. You've lost that round, guaranteed. That dude or the, your opponent doesn't even have to hit you hard. They have to land a clean legal slap that could have no power behind it, and they've won that round. But uh, uh, definitely training the accuracy to make sure you're going to land your hand where it needs to be every single time in the, in the legal striking zone so that way you're not causing damage that you're not supposed to to your opponent and also you're not getting called uh, and disqualified. When it comes to accuracy, how much does the wind-up really help you with that? Because, of course, you're calling your shot, your right hand on three, you're winding up twice, and then you're slapping on the third one. Is that wind helping you with making sure you're hitting in the right location? For me personally, yes, I, I would say it does. That's why I, I use that tactic think maybe I've gone on two one other time because we have the option to go on one two or three still so you know usually I just lean with three unless uh, a game plan were to where I get I get hurt and I have to move fast other than that I'm planning on going on three every time like you said because I feel like those wind-ups give you you know you can feel where your body needs to be so that way on that third one, you're hitting exactly on that spot and everything is flexed where it needs to be to get a solid hit and follow through. So that way you can hopefully, you know, knock them out as soon as possible because that's the name of the game. Have you seen somebody go on one before? Uh, yes. Yes, I have. There's been at least one guy I know of who did it multiple times. I'd have to go back through to see if anybody else has tried it or not off the top of my head, but I have seen it. 
And do you think that's there's any effectiveness behind that strategy, or should people really be sticking to two or three in this slap fighting game? Um, I feel like there's an effectiveness in that to where if you know your opponent has a past of flinching, mm-hmm. that you could get away with it because this the initial movement might get them to flinch quicker compared to the windups where they're able to be more prepared. But other than that, I don't really see too much advantage to it other than the surprise tactic or, like I said, if you are if you are hurt or damaged in competition and you need to get a quick one off because you've got short time left. So do your backgrounds in Muay Thai and BJJ help you at all in slap fighting or is it more so strengthening of the arm and the neck area that you really try and prioritize before going into these competitions? I'd say they help in the mental aspect training because it's you know you have to push yourself and all of those things and I feel like that's one thing a lot of people don't really think about is training your mind to do this because it's such a an unnatural thing to go do anyhow (laughs) so you've really got to be mentally prepared to go up there uh, especially once you know who's won the coin toss that is I feel like a real determining factor for what your mindset has to be going into it but yeah, you know, I, they, they, they correlate in a lot of different ways for some people because I know some people definitely have found out that their left hand is better than their right, you know, and they didn't realize that until they had just kind of switched stances and thought about it and realized that their check hook is correlated with their opposite hand and they didn't realize that until, you know, just kind of tinkering around with a few things. Talking to John the Machine Davis on Forged in Ohio. That's something I want to get into a little bit more here, that mental aspect of slap fighting. Talk to me more about the mind games of slap fighting because those stare downs and the reactions after being slapped seem like such an important piece of the mental side of the sport. Absolutely. You know, it's it's almost like 3D chess also, you know, for as, as barbaric like people want to say as, as an activity they, as it may be. There's a lot of mind games that come with it because not only do we all know each other for the most part, other than some of the newer guys who we're, we're coming to learn as time goes on, you know, you, you really just get to spend a lot of time with each other in between fights. So you've really got to be mentally prepared to separate if you are friends and also, you know, keep it cool and collective because there's also been a few instances where people end up, you know, needing security out in the streets because people get wild and out of control. Being around your competition like that, what was that experience like? And did you ever have to get into a contest with somebody that you actually were friends with? Uh, In all reality, everyone I've competed with, I've been pretty, pretty good friends with. You know, for me, I, I did wrestle in high school a little bit. So going up against people you're friends with for your top spot is nothing really new to me. So I, I remember how to kind of set that stuff aside because in competition, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't really matter. So and that's why usually I can only hope that my opponents are thinking the same way if we are friends. Because like I said, for the most part, we all know each other. And even if you're not like best friends, you still, you know, again, you talk cordially amongst each other when you're down there and you don't really have too many issues unless... You know, we're blowing something out of proportion to make a fight look cool. Or, you know, again, on, on a few occasions, people legit have problems with one another. So that's just how it goes in this game. So it sounds like you're comfortable fighting people that you're somewhat friendly with. Would you prefer more rivalries in the sport, especially on you know your end of things? Would you prefer kind of like a heated rivalry going into some of these slap fights? 
Oh uh, yeah, you know it would be fun. I I, th- I feel like no matter what, we have a different entertainment factor that we're bringing out right now. You know, it is it is definitely some WWE entertainment factor that gets along with the the legitimate you know hardcore striking. So we're watching people get knocked out. That's not the so much the WWE part. Where as real as what they're doing is, they have a planned out skit. Uh, usually, uh, we you know do not like the UFC where they're they're not really planned at all. It could be anything. So ours is coin toss and the drama that we all bring to the pre-show and during the show, and then the actual you know once you win the coin toss, if you can take it or you're gonna knock someone out right away. One thing I wanted to ask you about, too, since I mostly talk to MMA fighters on Forge in Ohio, and just because you fight in MMA doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be hit. There are ways to avoid power punches. In slap fighting, what's it like going up there knowing that you're about to feel the impact of your opponent's hardest shot to the face? Is it a scary feeling, or have you kind of overcome that since you're more experienced in the sport than others? By the time you get out there, at least for me personally, you're you know you're completely tunnel visioned in, your adrenaline's pumping. It's the biggest stage of my life, and you know for for most people's life, it's the UFC apex we're competing at. So you're you're in this environment that's just so crazy that it feels unbelievable on top of the adrenaline dump before going out there. So. It's just a, a surreal feeling in the moment, and especially going back and watching it again. You know, like I've lived, I lived through the moment, but watching it when the uh, the way they portray it and the the way everything actually is going live during the event, it's just like wow, I can't even believe any of this still. <laughs> Yeah, and what's that adrenaline like, man? When you see your opponent fall and you win by knockout, I couldn't imagine what that experience is like for you, especially on the grandest stage that you competed on. Shocking. I was in complete awe because especially, like I say in my post-fight interview, I didn't expect to have things go that way. I was prepared for five rounds minimum already anyhow because that's in all reality how I would train for anything as many rounds as whatever I'm competing in. So, you know, to be mentally prepared for that and go in there and get it on my first hit after taking one because he was, I mean, he was convinced and by all right to think so that he was going to knock me out. And when I was able to just kind of, you know, shake my head afterwards and and dap him up and go back to business, I think that kind of really left him wondering what was going to happen next. And I felt the same way, you know, I thought I would at least drop him possibly but to to end it was just truly, you know, uh, an unreal experience on top of being an unreal situation I was in it already in anyhow. Right. What was your confidence like? You take that first shot, you're up there, you're about to hit him with your shot. What's your confidence level that you might be able to put it away, but even if you don't put it away, that you're going to give him a shot that's going to at least stun him for a little bit? Uh, definitely 100% confident in giving him a, a stunning shot. I was able to do it to my opponent before him that I had competed against off the rip. So I was hoping to, you know, work my way in and hopefully both of us uh, were would have made it to the third round, like I said, and possibly gone into championship rounds. But I had carried the confidence of taking him out in the first, taking him out in the fifth. I wanted a KO to really cement 
what I've been doing in this because I feel like that was something that I'm missing was a defining one. And I still maybe don't have a defining one where, you know, you put someone all the way to sleep and then get carried on on a stretcher. It's whatever the fans and the brass want. But it was definitely, you know, again, the most amazing, surreal feeling to go in there prepared for five rounds and to end it with the first one after after eating the shot. And, you know, really unbeknownst to anyone, of, of that that happening especially because we were a pick'em fight it wasn't expected to go that way so even winning <clears throat> the middleweight championship do you still feel like you have something to prove in terms of getting that shocking knockout where the guy is you know unconscious the stretcher and everything that goes with that um not necessarily no i feel like i've definitely laid a good base and and dropped the first brick of winning the belt I've proven my power, especially at least with the stats that they show. I've proven my chin time and time again. So it, now it's just kind of how how big can I build my reputation? How much entertainment can I bring to the fans? And how much value can I bring to the company and make the brass really you know, depend on me for stuff? Because that's what I want. I want to be the broad shoulders that they rely on when, when they need a show, when they need numbers, when they need entertainment. They call me. You mentioned the brass. Knowing your interest in MMA in the past, what was it like for you to compete at the UFC Apex, and what were your interactions like with the boss, Dana White? Again, an amazing feeling, especially getting to train in the Apex for the time that we were doing the house for the TV show part. So, you know, regularly going to the Apex like it was home for a while was really cool and definitely an unforgettable experience. But, as you know, when it comes to Dana... We would get pulled into the office, handshakes, hugs, conversation about what's going on, what we're doing next, numbers, you know, whatever, whatever good news he could bring to us that he had, whatever conversation he needed to have with us up front and in person. So that's definitely amazing because I know I've heard of UFC fighters that have never even met him. So the fact that on a weekly or sometimes daily basis, we were running into him, talking about things and communicating with him on top of Frank the president of power slap and it was the list goes on and on of all the people that we've been able to meet that are really involved with this that you don't know about what was it like on the the tv show because maybe you're there you're the competitor you just want to slap fight and be involved in the sport was the tv show kind of a distraction or did you take it with everything that came with it and enjoyed your experience doing it I, I took everything that came with it for the most part it definitely was overwhelming but that wasn't that I wasn't the only one that had that experience with it. But also, you don't realize how much drama is really going to happen in a house full of dudes who all want to knock each other out. Because you've all got your reasons to be there, whether they're selfish ones or not. Just the, the insane amount of stuff that happens in the house that doesn't get shown. That is the one thing that I feel like people were definitely a little bit traumatized from because... I tell you what, you couldn't walk from from the bathroom to your room after getting a shower without someone getting in a fight or someone arguing about something. But definitely, again, an unforgettable experience, and you make friends and memories that you're never never going to forget at all. Why wow, was that hostile in the house? Oh, bro, when I, it's like when they there's an article that says something about prison prison breakout fight. Definitely, definitely was some prison style rules with a few folks. Uh, I can I can say that much. 
Any favorite memory from the show that may or may not have been televised that will stick with you forever from Power Slap? Oh, probably one that no one else is ever going to know about because Vern Cathy, the light heavyweight, we were roomed together and there was a certain point where tensions were super high in the house, I can say. And he had taken his mic off and was very, very much so, we'll say, losing his marbles. And I was the only one other than the people listening on the other end of the mic that he was talking to that got to hear what he was saying and see the intensity this man was moving with. That was absolutely unforgettable and, and a wee bit scary, but also comical because of just the, the atmosphere we were in at the same time. <laughs> what was he losing, it, losing his marbles after? Was it something about the competition, something else? What was going on? The person he competed against came into the house with like three days left of, of shooting. So we'd been in there for over two weeks already. And the guy that he has to go against comes in with three days left after, you know, we all, we didn't have our cell phones. We didn't have TV. We didn't have radio. You couldn't talk to anybody. Like we couldn't listen to radio in the car. It was very much so a social experiment in many ways. And Obviously, when we've all been in there for two and a half, almost three weeks, and someone comes in fresh off the street three days out, we're all like, you just had your phone, you watch TV, you, you know, we're all going crazy in this weird environment anyhow. So it definitely set him off as uh, the icing on the cake when his opponent came in three days to go after we'd been locked up like wild animals. Did the social experiment aspect of the show have a toll on you? Of course, you have your family and kids at home. What was that like for you? Definitely harder than I thought it would be with the wife and kids at home. Missing them was definitely almost not so much breaking because I expected it to happen. But again, like many other things that happened there, it was way more intense than I thought it would be. Uh, as for the house, I knew people were going to crack. It was very similar to, I referred to boot camp for some experiences I had of people just, you, you know, losing, losing their mind and along with the games that were being played. Cause you know, again, it was, it was all entertainment. So people are messing with each other, you know, move, hiding food, moving food, moving names on stuff. You know, this, if this, <laughs> I won't say if it, it was the staff, but I heard possibly they could have told a few people to throw the one guy's bed out. I don't know. <laughs> it's just it's just how TV goes, apparently. <laughs> Once again, this is John the Machine Davis with us on Forge in Ohio. I want to talk about your knockout win over John Kennedy because it went viral, perhaps due to the fact that Kennedy said you ain't ready before you put him on the floor. Tell me more about that <laughs> contest and the win. That was one that I I was down. I was down on points. Uh, he had landed two clean, good ones on me. And I really, I knew at that point that I had to do something. And of all times for him to bust that out, because that was an inside joke. Uh, you ain't ready was just uh, something we were all yelling throughout the house on top of you ain't a real 185. So it was, it was hard for me to honestly keep composed when he said that because I wanted to laugh. But I knew I was I was in the moment. So it definitely was, again, surreal to come back in that fight and get the KO win, uh, whether, you know, it's controversial or not. Some may say, some might not. Like you said, it, it definitely put up big numbers. Uh, and for that moment, in all reality, I'm glad he said that because I think it gave me the little extra edge to kind of put the put the cherry on top to finish him off. 
Yeah, there you go. And John Kennedy seems kind of like a, a character. What was living with him like in the house? Uh, John was a real good dude. Him much like me, you know, doing doing this to try and better his life and do what he can for his family and take the opportunity and run with it. But, uh, you know, I've had no, no issues or beef with him. Definitely was a good dude. Had a lot of fun in the house with everybody else. Well, it's been about a month since you were strapped with the Power Slap title after beating Azael Rodriguez to become the Power Slap middleweight champion. With even more time to reflect on it, what does that title mean to you? Opportunities. It's a lot of opportunities that I never never would have gotten otherwise. And also, it's it's the key to more opportunities in the future for the longer I hold it because the more... The more I cement my legacy in this, the more, you know, obviously my name's going to get out there and people are going to just hopefully appreciate me for the person that I am and, you know, want to want to work with me, for me or whatever, and hopefully not against me because all those people are going to lose. <laughs> Would you say that winning the title has been life-changing for you so far or it's only been about a month or two, maybe a bit too soon to go that far? Oh, no, it's absolutely been life-changing already. I can say that I was just at skateboarding SLS competition in Chicago this past weekend that they had me out at as a guest. So uh, I got to meet a bunch of pro skaters, watch them skate, front row seats, you know, the VIP treatment. So yeah, that would that would never have happened otherwise on top of, you know, being able to, to do extra for my family and get things squared away for when the baby's coming in the future here at home and then, you know, spoil my kids as much as possible, even though they don't always need it. <laughs> How special was it bringing that belt home to your wife and kids in Ohio? It was truly amazing, honestly, especially hearing them tell the stories of their reaction before I got to call them afterwards of how they were just bouncing off the walls at the house. It was great. And the way their eyes lit up and, my son constantly is just reminding me, Dad, you're a champion. You know, if I say something about needing to do more, needing to be better at something, he'll just remind me, Dad, you're a champion. So it's it's really, truly special in, in a lot more ways than maybe people can ever understand. Right, and that's incredible. While winning a belt does a lot of good for combat sports athletes, it also puts a target on that athlete's back. Have you felt that since winning the title? I knew... Even before I got the opportunity to compete for it, that if I ever were to, to get the strap, that there would be a target not only on my back, but on my chest. Luckily, again, mentally trying to prepare for that for if it were to happen and then getting there and crossing that bridge. I uh, definitely just have to keep in mind that you know, everyone's gunning for me no matter what. From everyone in the middleweight division to anybody joining the league or anybody who's already in it at a different weight that wants to come up or go down. You know, everybody's going to be pointing the finger at anyone who's holding a belt wanting to take them out. And that's absolutely fine because I've, I've welcomed all challengers throughout this entire thing already. And I will do so until the end of my career. Now, I'm not sure what the competition cycle looks like for a striker like yourself, but when do you expect to compete next in slap fighting? Um, I can say this. I know we're supposed to have, I believe, three more events this year and then four more in the following year. And then the next one is uh, actually at the end of this month. 
So if I can, if I'm able to get down there at the end of this month, I would absolutely love, love to. And you know, the, the more times that I can compete, the better, because the, the more of these I get in, in a year, the more, the more likely I am to be able to go out on my own and just make being an athlete, my job compared to working a job and trying to be an athlete on the side on top of a family, you know, I'm, I'm lacking in all departments because I'm trying to do so many things at once. So I've got to, I really got to get things narrowed down as soon as possible. Right. So when you continue to compete, are these going to be title defenses for power slap or are there other promotions out there? How does that work? Oh, no, no, no. I am strictly power slap. I I am only competing for them. And at the, at this point in time, everything will be a title defense as long as I have it. So until someone is lucky enough to take the belt away from me, then I will continue to defend it. Yeah, I love to hear it. Talking to John the Machine Davis on Forged in Ohio. What would you say is the strongest part of your striking and overall game? Of course, not giving too much away here, but scouting yourself, what do you think you do best? The accuracy. You know, Mm. I feel like, again, I can't stress this enough. It is the key to this game. Because once you're you're able to find the spot that you know you need to be on, it makes it a heck of a lot easier to whittle your opponent down as fast as possible. Yeah, that makes sense. And that accuracy has shown in Power Slap, and it's part of the reason why you're the middleweight champion right now. I have to ask as well, how'd you get the nickname The Machine? Uh, It was actually given to me by a couple of guys that I used to power lift with. Uh, it was a it was a long day of bench workouts, and at the time, I probably weighed well. I probably weighed about as much as I do now, honestly, for the as, as long ago as that was. But uh, we were doing reps at two twenty five, and by the end of the sets, uh, instead of lowering the reps, I was going from doing four or five reps a piece, doing like six or seven at the end. So that's how they ended up being like, this guy's a machine because I was able to kind of surpass what you normally would do. And then I was dubbed the machine and kind of ran with that ever since. Yeah, there you go. One more for you. In MMA, fighters are constantly learning something new about the sport every single day. Can the same be said about slap fighting in both the strategy and execution of the sport? Absolutely, especially because it is so new. And, you know, like I said, we're, we're still roughing out the edges. And that's everybody from the competitors to the brass on, and the commission of really making sure that everything we're doing is in the proper way, whether it's, you know, time people get or medical checks and everything and so forth. Well, I wish you the best in the future, and hopefully we get to see you back in competition later this month in May. Before we wrap up, anything you want to shout out in terms of social media handles, sponsorships, anything going on in the life of John Davis? Uh, Yeah, check me out on Instagram. It's John underscore Davis underscore JMD. You can find me on Facebook also. Shout out to Next Level Alliance where they train. The Edward Bean and the Bean family there. Uh, It's a probably the the greatest place I was able to come across because definitely helped change my life. You know, shout out to my family and all the supporters, anyone who reaches out and tries to leave a, leave a comment or a like on anything or send me a message. I greatly appreciate all the support. And as soon as I can get back to everyone, I definitely will. And I also want to thank you immensely for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. The pleasure is mine in bringing you on. You also have a, a Twitch channel, right? Or am I wrong on that? 
No, you're correct. The the link should be on my Instagram for the Twitch. Perfect. Are you into that gaming scene? What do you like to play? Oh, yeah. I like to, you know, Apex on occasion, Fortnite with the kids when sure. we're all gaming together in the living room, and then Call of Duty, UFC, Madden. I'm down to play any of it. All right. Well, there you have it. Thanks again, John, for joining me on the show. It was great to feature a Power Slap champion on Forge in Ohio, and I certainly learned a lot about the sport from this conversation. Before I end these chats on Forge in Ohio, I asked my guests to complete the OHIO chant. So help me out here, John. OHIO! Love it. Thank you, John. Thanks again for the time. This was truly a fascinating conversation. Good luck in future contests, hopefully in May, and uh, hopefully we can do this again soon, man. Absolutely. Again, thank you very much. Appreciate you. That was John the Machine Davis, the Power Slap middleweight champion from the best state in the U.S. Whether you're a fan of the sport or not, I think this episode was very informative about the world of slap fighting. I'm proud knowing that the state of Ohio is represented well in the sport, and I wish John Davis nothing but the best in his future. That's going to do it for episode 28 of the show. Don't forget to support the podcast in all ways possible. That includes following at Forge in Ohio on Instagram, downloading episodes, and sharing them with others as well. Thank you all for the continued support. I've been your host, Jake Murren, and this was Forged in Ohio.